Hi, everybody, and welcome to Unified, a podcast feed from First Church Belmont Unitarian Universalist. We'll be sharing sermons and stories, especially thematic content made new every week. We're so glad you're here, and for more information about who we are and opportunities to grow and deepen, swing by the church on Sundays or check out our website at uubelmont.org. And for now, enjoy this new content. I am so grateful today, of course, especially for our musical guests, for Gina, for Devin, for all we've heard so far. And I wanted to add just a few things. One in particular is this beautiful book called On Repentance and Repair is by a rabbi named Danya Rutenberg. It's the Unitarian Universalist Common Read this year and is being explored by many of our fellow UUs across the country. I commend the whole book to you. I even have a couple copies in my office. If you'd like to have one, just ask me. In it, she shares the work of another rabbi named Moses Ben Maimon, more commonly known as Maimonides. He was born in 1135 in Spain, and he writes a beautiful piece called The Laws of Repentance, which synthesizes writings from the Torah, from the Mishnah, and other rabbinic commentary. Beautifully, he says there are five steps to repentance and repair. One, naming and owning harm. Two, starting to change. Three, restitution and accepting consequences. Four, apology. And five, making different choices. These steps work both for individuals and for institutions. Again, I commend to you all the whole work. We'll even have an event drawing on this later in the winter. And we'll dig into all of this in the months to come. The task force you heard of before and your board of trustees, the parish board, are discussing what all of this means, what apology looks like, what restitution looks like, what naming and owning harm looks like. But I want to take a moment for this last piece, making different choices. Because especially when the harm is long ago, it can seem far away. What does it mean for us as a community to reckon with our history being complicit in slavery? In the same book, Rutenberg writes, Kelly Brown Douglas, a black womanist theologian and dean of the Episcopal Divinity School at Union Theological Seminary, wrote a searing piece on the limits of this approach of apology, study, even reparations to repent for an organization's participation in such profound evil. For, she writes, the fact of the matter is that after the money's been paid for 
scholarships or other programming systems and structures are not disrupted. Life goes on as usual, and these institutions continue to benefit from the ongoing legacy of white supremacy to the detriment of people of color. The Reverend Dr. Brown Douglas outlines three key aspects of the work a faith community must do toward reparations, which she is clear is not just about paying money, as the term has come to mean in common parlance, but about the holistic work toward repair insofar as it is possible. The work, she writes, demands truth-telling that confronts the ways that the past remains alive in the present. How white supremacy is both upheld philosophically and culturally in institutions. It demands fostering a moral identity by confronting what it means to be a beneficiary of white supremacy and its legacy by working to eradicate white privilege and its manifestations, and by transforming institutions and spaces so they can be a sanctuary for all people. Repentance and repair means acknowledging this past. Repentance and repair means telling the story of this legacy, this connection to slavery, Repentance and repair means learning about Cuba, about these amazing stories and this beautiful, powerful, vibrant culture and people. Repentance and repair means finding a way to apologize meaningfully, to make amends meaningfully. All of this, too, is complicated. Stay tuned for the work of the task force on this and for further ways to dig in and learn more. Repentance and repair means making different choices. It means being transformed individually and collectively. Because while certainly we as a community do not engage in slavery, The legacy and structures of white supremacy culture are alive here in our community today. And I say this as a temporarily able-bodied, cisgendered, straight, white, middle-aged male in a position of privilege who benefits from white supremacy culture every day of my life. Part of our work as a community is to interrogate and transform this legacy to see the modern manifestations of this same impulse and disrupt it, to see the ways that racism and sexism are alive in our structures of leadership, to see the ways that we perpetuate systems and structures which hold people back and wall people out. This is in part how we honor the lives which were squeezed and blunted by the slavery of the Atkins family and so many others. We live into our purpose to be a community of freedom and peace, a community which lives up to the values which hold us and guide us. And the good news is that we are on our way. The good news is this transformation is underway. 
this worship, this stirring in your mind and heart right now, this beautiful music this day, this is transformation, this is beauty, this is the new way. We will not forget. We will not turn aside. We will continue this work to build a more just and loving world, to nurture the seeds of freedom, to aid and abet the force of liberation and love in this world, to ask what are we called to be and become this day. So please read the book. Please engage with this task force taking up this work. Come to the workshop this winter hosted by this group. Please ask yourselves over and over, what is the path of liberation here? This exploration, this deepening, this interrogation and untangling is a complex process. This is not one service, a few testimonials, some beautiful music, and we check the box and we move on to what's next. We will continue to learn and explore. We will ask deepening questions and seek out the most authentic, meaningful, and transforming way forward. We'll close today with this prayer written by a friend and colleague, Tamara Lebeck. Holy One, who has given us the breath of life, today we remember to breathe deeply to rest, to take in, to pause before we act, and then to take in another deep breath poised on the edge and risk jumping in, risk taking action, risk speaking up, risk using the gifts we have been given so that at the end of our life we can say with absolute clarity that no part of our existence was wasted in fear of failure or fear of success. Hold us. Prepare us the way to begin to offer the gift of our awakened presence full of love and light today. Amen.